You're listening to Transform Your Profits, the podcast for accountants who want to build a more profitable, successful, and impactful accounting firm. Your host is Reza Huda, a practice owner, mentor, and coach to accounting firm owners. Hi there, welcome to today's podcast where I will be interviewing Rachel Martin of StriveX. Now, Rachel has a has an amazing uh, growth story from zero to 400 clients in the space of just 18 months. Absolutely phenomenal journey. And I'll be talking to Rachel and asking her questions about how she managed to get such growth. And of course, delving deep into the the practical aspects of the growth that she did had uh, not only just in income and clients from 50 to 400 clients in the last 12 months, but she's also grown a team from just her and her partner to be to a team of eight people and has amazingly a waiting list of uh, not just clients wanting to work with their firm, but also a waiting list of new hires, which most accountants would die for to have a waiting list of top caliber talent wanting to work for you. So strap up. This is going to be a good one. Uh, I've had feedback when it was done live that it was she's the best guest yet. So uh, make sure you listen to this one right to the end. And of course, if you ever have any suggestions or you want to give feedback, please do give us a review because it helps to get this podcast found and encourages us to do more of them. So without further ado, let's get stuck in and I'll see you on the other side. Welcome, Rachel. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Um, and thank you so much for everybody who's joining us in January. We we understand. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Very grateful that you're here, but it's far more interesting than doing tax returns. So yeah, you know, it's it's worth it. Absolutely worth it. Um, so Rachel, give us a little bit of background introduction about you, and then we'll take the conversation from there. Amazing, of course. Yeah. So hi, everybody. My name is Rachel, and I do lots of different things. So I am the founder of uh, Accountant She, which is the punny, funny, pink, fluffy, happy accountancy personal brand that I have built. So I mentor other practice owners. I work with lots of entrepreneurs to gain funding and finance through angel investment and venture capital. So I've competed in the global venture capital investment competition and placed third in the world. Uh, I've written a book, I've done a TED talk, and I do great things on social media. So anything from Instagram all the way through to YouTube. And then we, I have been able to leverage that personal brand and uh, use that to grow the accountancy practice, which I run. Uh, it's our wonderful chartered accountancy practice, which I run with my future husband. So we are life partners and business partners. And uh, spoiler alert by the title of this video, we have scaled from 50 clients up to 400 and don't have any plans to slow down. So um, I'll leave it there. I don't want to spill the tea in the first five minutes. So um, I'll let you interrogate me from here. <laughs> Fantastic. Amazing. Well, I, I didn't realize that you have so many strings to your bow. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that uh, already at uh, what seems like a very young age, you've achieved uh, a hell of a lot. So fantastic. Well done to you. So today we want to delve a bit deeper into 
the growth that you've had in your accounting firm. So talk to us a little bit about that in terms of when you set up, I believe it was only 18 months ago that you set up your practice. Uh, what does your practice look like now? And uh, you know, what do you, what areas do you focus in? How did you go about getting this phenomenal growth of in just 18 months, growing from nothing to, to 400 clients? Talk to us a bit about that. Yeah, of course. So yeah, I think it's really easy to like talk about the, almost like the Instagram versus reality. So like the Instagram version is, you know, within 18 months, we've gone from setting up a QuickBook advisory profile to we are now the, the face of the QuickBooks 2022, bring it on advertising campaign. And that's phenomenal. And I think the really important thing to say is um, during the time, during the last 18 months, while I've been growing the business, I've actually been studying for my master's degree. So I've done an MBA, which is a master's in business. And so a lot of the growth that we have had has been very strategic and not accidental. And so um, I know that you and I are very aligned on putting yourself in front of the right people in the right place at the right time, focusing on niches and then using that to leverage and, and grow out into other areas. And so for us, our accountancy practice, we don't have a niche. Uh, we definitely have little like subgroups of clients who are all matched and work very well together. So like anything from builders and plumbers and electricians all the way through to huge influencers, influencer agencies, OnlyFans people. So we really do have a huge mixture. Um, in terms of niching, because I know you'll definitely want to come on to it. So in terms of building my personal brand, I as an individual um, niched quite quickly. So from day one, I specialized in working with female entrepreneurs and influencers. I really spotted a gap in the market of people who firstly are very self-sufficient and want to be able to do everything themselves. And you'll understand yourself, like when you have an online presence, you do everything. Like you are the lighting department, the sound department, the tech department. Um, you are working behind the scenes doing a million different things and actually people only see one thing. And so I really wanted to help those individuals to be self-sufficient and do a lot of it themselves, but also be there when they needed it. And so from the very beginning, I niched into uh, the influencer market and that's specifically where I wanted to target. Um, but from there, it really grew into... A lot of the personal brand, a lot of my presence on social media is actually just me and I think our USP and what we really go for and actually what has now become our niche is people who are looking for an accountant that doesn't take themselves too seriously. Like we do a really serious job, but it's, it's 2022 and like the world of business is changing. And I think the pandemic had a huge impact on that. So the business world went from uh, people in boardrooms in suits to actually young women setting up Instagram accounts and it blowing up and becoming their full-time job. And so I'd say our niche now is actually um, just people that want somebody that feels and looks like them and that they can speak to like a real person and that they aren't afraid to ask questions and and get get really get really great advice. So I hope that answered your question. <laughs> mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, so you said you didn't have a niche, but then you talk about some of the niches that you do. <laughs> Maybe you do have a few niches. <laughs> I guess it's just terminology. But talk to me about, so how did you, because everybody wants to know 
the holy grail in terms of how to win new business. So talk to me about the things that you did, practically speaking, that others could take uh, inspiration and um, encouragement from in terms of what did you actually do to grow your business in the early days? I guess it's still early days, it's only 18 months in. <laughs> what did you do? What are you doing? And what is the, the biggest source of referrals to you that then turn into clients? Yeah, of course. Uh, So we are very, very proud of the fact that our number one source of referral is recommendation. And it is our underlying business goal for that always to be the case. Uh, It's okay getting clients, but actually if those clients wouldn't refer you, then there's a problem. And so we're very proud to have our number one referral source is recommendation. Uh, Number two is Instagram. Instagram has been insane for us and um, I know there's lots of different camps, LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram. We actually try and use all three evenly repurposing content um, to mainly to just try and make the most of your time as a business owner, repurposing lots of content, posting it on multiple platforms. Um, So social media has done insane things for us. And I, I mean, really, really insane. And I would underpin the strategy behind social media has impacted a huge amount of our success over the last 18 months. And I'd say second to using social media, my top, top, top tip would be as a small practice owner, you need to remove the barriers to entry for people being able to contact you and speak to you. So we just had it this week. We we needed a plumber. And I, as a potential customer of a plumber, like my actual requirements are quite low. I just need somebody who can do the job. What I'm actually responding to is who is messaging me back, who can come the fastest, who's got the right parts. And so it's really important, no matter what your niche, to understand your customer like inside and out and to understand if I am a builder or a plumber or electrician, my priority is going to be just getting the job done, probably like maybe at the lowest price. Or if I'm a growing and scaling business owner, I need to know that that accountant can be with me for the next 10 years, not just the next 10 months. And so whoever your potential customer is, you need to understand them inside and out and actually be on the social media platform that they are on, be producing content that they need. But then once you've got them in your pipeline and they like the first step of any business pipeline is awareness. So use social media to get the awareness. Then when you've got them, you need to remove the barriers to them becoming a client. So what software are you using to let them book a meeting with you really easily? What software are you using to send them information that they need before the meeting? Because us as accountants think it's really easy to have a meeting with an accountant, but your clients find it terrifying. Like they literally think they're going to be interrogated or ask questions that they don't know the answers to. So put information together telling them this is how the meeting will go. You don't need to prepare anything. Or if you'd like to, you can treat this as a you know business MOT. Maybe have a look at these things before the meeting and we can talk about them. So number one is use social media to get your potential clients in your pipeline. And then the second top tip is to use your knowledge of that customer to remove every single barrier that is in, standing in between them becoming a client to you and know that process inside and out. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, and that, and yeah, I agree wholeheartedly in terms of that. That's really important because that's the, the way we come across in those initial touch points <laughs> is the only is the only perception of value that our prospects have. And if we want to get better prices and higher prices, then we need to increase that perceived value of what we do. And all of and our perceived value comes from what? It's it's an arbitrary thing. It's the it's the, it's a feeling that people have. It's uh, it's the touch points that we give them 
what does essentially it's, it's brand isn't it it's about what people say about us uh, when we're not in the room so how can we kind of build that brand how can we make it easy for people to get in touch with us like you say using software like calendly and having questions to detail you know what information they need to bring and, and making it very easy for them to get in touch with us to um to to make that experience of something like as you say you know, people think that going to their accountant, you know, very serious, you know, they're, they're afraid of it. We think, oh, we're dealing with so many clients, you know, we want so many prospect meetings that, you know, what, what we just don't think it from their perspective. But actually, we may have many clients, but clients only have one accountant. So for them, it's a big deal. It's a big thing having this meeting with you. So the easier we can make it, the better. Um, so that's great. And thank you for sharing that. So, so if you are listening, make the most of this live. Don't sit there. I mean, sit there and listen, of course. But if you've got any questions, put it to Rachel now in the comments box and I will make sure I ask her. So make the most of these live sessions whilst I've got Rachel with me to ask any questions you like about her growth so you can take some tangible takeaways from this session. So Rachel, just to delve deeper into your Instagram strategy then, because you mm. said that's a big source of new inquiries for you. What exactly do you do? What kind of content do you put out? How do you know what kind of content to put out? Because, you know, many accountants struggle in terms of, you know, what do we say? How do we go about, you know, posting on social media? What should we post about? Talk to us a bit about that in terms of how you come up with your content strategy for social media. Yeah, of course. And yeah, I think it's so easy when you're viewing content as a consumer to just think that the content people put out is completely random and it's just based on like what is trending that week or what hashtags they've used and so much goes into behind the scenes and it's actually like such a great opportunity to talk about it. So we actually have um, on Instagram, I have three main content pillars. Content pillars are a great way to kind of rein yourself in a little bit. So your first stage, if you've never posted it, posted on social media as an accountant, will be like absolute fear and you'll be terrified. But then when you get over it and you start posting content, you'll want to post content all the time. And actually content pillars can really sort of like rein you in and make sure that actually if it doesn't fall into one of these three categories that I've set out as and I've built the content pillars based on who my customer is, the problems that they have and the content they need to see. If my idea for this trending audio doesn't fit into one of those categories, it doesn't go. It's not in line with the brand, the strategy and who my potential customer is. So if you are feeling a little bit misguided or a little bit all over the place with social media content, having content pillars can be a fantastic, um, fantastic way to really make sure that there is strategy behind what you're doing, uh, but also a great way for inspiration. So you can use content pillars uh, one or two ways. As a sieve, if you've got too much content and you need to make sure that you're putting the right stuff out, but also if you're at a content block and you don't know what to put out, use those content pillars as inspiration. So what can I put out in this specific sector? So I have one content pillar that focuses specifically on like small business owner pain points. So like when you hit VAT threshold, you have absolutely no idea what to do. Um, or it's January and everybody's doing their taxes. What content can I put out? Like, what is the small business owner's pain point at this point in the year, at this point in their business? And like, what questions are they answering that I can just give them the answer to about them having to ask? Um, so you can use content pillars in, in two ways to sieve out if you've got way too many ideas and you feel a bit all over the place, but also you can use it as a way to generate inspiration. Um, 
And I would also recommend like search for the content that you want to put out there. See what's out there at the moment. Um, I connect with loads and loads of different accountants. I'm sure you do too. Like it's a great way to expand your network, make some friends along the way and really see what content other accountants are putting out there because it works. And so um, content pillars firstly are a fantastic way you there's no rules on too little or too many um generally less than five works well three is a sweet spot but actually if you're very very early on and you can only think of one or two that's okay too uh sticking with the content pillars oh so somebody asked with content pillars can uh, to see an example of what they could be yes so with my personal brand i look to do a couple of uh, lots of different things and so I have three different content pillars. The first, as I've already said, is uh, small business owner pain points. And that is to generate traffic from my personal brand into the uh, accountancy practice. My second content pillar is um, for students that are studying AAT, ATCA. And I do that because one of my personal passions is when I decided to become an accountant, there was nobody like me. I, I couldn't relate to anybody. There was nobody as young as me or young females in the industry really generating change and like showing passion for finance and so if it's not out there you become it yourself right and so um i sell merch i sell punny funny hoodies and t-shirts that say don't let people spreadsheet about you and be audit you can be um so i have one content pillar that's all about um creating a community surrounding what i do for uh, young accounting accounting students uh, and then the third pillar what's the third pillar can't remember my third pillar now uh, <laughs> We've got small business owners, AAT students, and then we also create content. I can't remember my third one, but there's, anyway. <laughs> um, but they're really good examples on what content pillars can be, how you can use them. And I would also say pillar is a very fixed word, but content pillars are very fluid. And so they can change as your business changes. So the third pillar, we, we change quite frequently to try and keep up to date with what's going on. So you could in January, focus on tax returns or MTD or getting small business owners ready. And pillar is a very fixed word, but yeah, they can be really fluid as your business grows and changes and your brand grows and changes as it will do 27 times. Um, you can change your content pillars to grow and flex and niche and like concentrate your content in the specific places, reaching, reaching all of all of the right people. Uh, fantastic. Yeah, that's that's so true. And I think one of the, the key things that you met, mentioned there was about answering your your prospects' questions, and that's a great way of coming up with uh, content as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, books like they ask you answer from Marcus Sheridan talk about you know how to go about doing that. Just just come up with what are the what are the questions that are going through your prospects and clients' minds. If you don't know, then go through your emails for the last two months and find out the questions that your clients are asking you most often and create content around that. And that in itself will be highly valuable to your prospective audience as well. And remember, marketing is simply about finding customers who have a problem and getting them to know, like, and trust you. So again, you made a the crucial point there about, you know, really getting to know your ideal customer and what their problems are because people will reach out to us when we can position ourselves as a solution to their problem. People don't like to be in pain. So if we can highlight to them, well, this is the problem you're having and this is the pain it's causing you and position yourself as a solution, that's how you're gonna then generate interest around what you do, get people to follow you, get people to make that uh, initial contact to get in touch with you so no that's fantastic and, and i guess you have different audiences and different passions so you know you're creating content 
which is aimed at each of those, not just for potential clients for accounting firm, but also the people that you want to inspire that next generation of, uh, of accountants that, uh, you know, you're, you're really helping. So there's a couple of other questions coming uh, through from the Appy accountant. Uh, she's that tip regarding content pillars. Uh, and Tom is asking, apart from Instagram, what other platforms do you use to provide leads? Yeah, of course. I was actually just going to come on to YouTube and I was actually going to just reverse quickly back onto content pillars and just say that it's really important to say that content pillars can be different for different platforms. So for example, YouTube content is much longer form content and you would look to answer a complex question on YouTube, whereas you wouldn't use a 15 second Instagram reel to answer the same question. You can, however, like recycle the same question, but answer it in two different ways, a quick answer and a short answer. And you could use an Instagram reel that summarizes the answer to the question to drive traffic to the YouTube video, which is a longer answer of the same question. And so our, our content pillars are different for Instagram than they are to YouTube. So YouTube, for example, our content pillars are answering questions that people within the practice ask us. So that's different. So we're not on Instagram. We're trying to like collect new work because Instagram is a very fast paced algorithm driven platform, which is putting the right content in front of the right people who are asking the questions and have those problems. YouTube is more of a search engine and you need to focus more on SEO. And so our first content pillar on YouTube is answering the questions that we are asked within the practice, not only because if our customers are asking them, so are our potential customers, but also because if our customers are asking them, we can use YouTube videos to answer the questions. So if I've got a sole trader and I've just done their set of accounts and their profit is actually high enough that it's probably tax efficient for them to be a limited company, I can suggest that to them and say, here's a 10 minute video of me running through what is the difference, what's the difference between being a sole trader and a limited company. I've got another video on how to transition from a sole trader to a limited company. And here's also another video to run through how to review your set of accounts as a business owner. And so the first content pillar that we have on YouTube is long form responses that, that actually clients love it because they can listen to it again and again and again and again. So we have one video that's how to plan and save for tax. Some clients literally watch it every single month. They've got their QuickBooks up, they work out their profit, they deduct their tax and they put it into their savings pot by following the video. So the first content pillar is answering the questions that we get asked within the practice, not only to leverage that, to save time within the business, having those conversations again and again and again, we can just send them a link to the YouTube video. But we are also capturing the people who are using YouTube as a search engine to search those questions. They hear the answer, they build trust, they decide, actually, this person has answered my question. She's quite nice. She seems quite approachable. And here's a link in the description to the video to book a meeting to become a client. Done. Second content pillar on YouTube is for AAT students and ACCA students. So I do lots of content on uh, which qualifications I've done, how I've got here. I answer the questions that I had when I was doing these qualifications, even something like how much money can I earn as an accountant? What job title will I be able to get when I've done this qualification? Because that's stuff that's actually really hard to find that I wish I had the answers to. And then the third content pillar on YouTube is the vlog and lifestyle bits, because as the brand grows and grows and grows, more and more people are actually interested in us as people. And there's a very niche sort of like financial influencer space on the internet that young accounting students want to see a vlog of what being an accountant during January is like. They really, really, and I, I needed that content as well. And I think it's really important to say that a lot of the vloggy lifestyle stuff, it's not enough to just read an article or go on LinkedIn to look at what it's like to be an accountant. Like people want to see it and feel it 
before they make those decisions. And I love that. And so also for us, that also generates, we've never ever had to pay to hire anybody because we have such an engaged following of young, excited, passionate accountants. So the first key takeaway is that your content pillars can be different depending on the platform because there are different audiences on different platforms. Um, and Tom has asked what platforms aside Instagram provide leads for you. So if you haven't guessed it, YouTube provides us with a lot of leads as well. Again, we get a lot of traffic from videos such as what's the difference between a sole trader and a limited company? Uh, how do I transition? How to be the most tax efficient? How to plan a safer tax? These are questions that our potential customers have as well as our current clients. And so um, answering those questions can be a really, really great way to build up content posts. Yeah, so the next question from Susan is, do you do all your posts uh, by video? I've never done one. Any advice? Scares me, says Susan. I hear that a lot. So what uh, what tips do you have about getting started on video? And, and if you can go back to the point where, you know, maybe you were, you know, starting out and just doing your first videos, what was that like? Were you scared? What did you do? What kind of, you know, what equipment? What were your first videos like? Because, uh, yeah, for those who've never done video before, I, you know, I remember my my journey yeah. as well. When you're first starting out, it's all a bit of a uh, bit of the unknown. So give us some pointers uh, on that and, and maybe uh, people can get value from it. Yeah, of course. I think the best thing, a really good thing to say here is as accountants by nature we are all generally tend to be more on the introverted spectrum so like my personality type is istj which is an introvert and actually if you enter istj into uh, like a personality test it tells you that you should become an accountant so by nature by us all being here together in the accounting industry there's quite a high likelihood that you will be introverted which therefore makes making content specifically video content absolutely terrifying. So I would love to talk to you about how to make it easier. Um, you touched on equipment and I think, don't believe the hype, your iPhone is fine. And you will get to the point where your social media content has generated you enough revenue to buy a good camera uh, or a big podcast mic, like you will get there, but don't put barriers in your own way. Like it's really easy to sit there with no content and think, I've got to have great equipment to make my content great. You make your content great. Like I have a five-year-old iPhone. So like, don't let the internet make you feel like you need loads and loads of equipment uh, to make it work. You're selling yourself. People are buying into you. They're not buying into what iPhone you have or what camera you're recording on. And so that would be, let that fill you with confidence. Um, Oh, I know it's really cheesy and I think a lot of people say it, but like you just have to put stuff out there. Like my first ever video I put on LinkedIn and I just quit my job to do the practice. And it was just me talking about lockdown and like what had happened and how we'd got here and what we were trying to do. People love it. And I think being yourself, being honest is really important. It doesn't happen overnight. And I think it's really easy to watch lives like this with titles like 500, cl uh, 50 clients to 400 in 12 months and think, well, there's no bloody point because I'm never gonna do that. Um, it's really easy to do that. And, and so it's really important to talk about the reality behind it. And the reality is we started at zero. Zero to 50 was so much harder than 50 to 400. And starting with zero social media posts is way harder, harder than starting with 100. And so be kind to yourself. Don't put pressure on yourself. Don't turn off the part of your brain that's worrying what people think of you. Um, I think there's an inherent thing that we do, which is whenever you post social media content, you imagine your worst enemy watching it 
and like writing a whole list of things I hate about you. Um, top tip would be to name that part of your brain. So name your like sassy alter ego that like tells you you're bad at things, name it. And then you can separate it in your brain and say like, stop Becky, I'm not listening to you today. I'm posting this reel. Um, and make friends, make friends in the industry, speak to people whose content you love watching and ask them to talk to them. I have so many cups of tea during little lunch breaks with young people or other people who want to start their own practice. Make friends in the industry, reach out to people and it will suddenly become way less scary. But I promise after you've posted the first one, you'll feel way happier. Um, content is never perfect. The content that takes five minutes to, to make and put out there does way better than the content that takes an hour to create. And I would say what I take from that is that by being yourself and putting yourself out there uh, on just on a whim, that's what people love. They love who you are. And so there's definitely loads and loads of top tips like batch making content, make content when you're in a really good mood. Like don't try and make content when you're having a bad day. Make it when you feel good, when you feel like, yes, I am gonna do this. These people will wanna work with me. I am good at what I do. Make content on those days and save that for the days where you don't feel good and post it then. So there's loads of loads of tips about like batch making content, different hashtags, all of that stuff. But actually, a lot of the work to do with content is on the inside. It's actually way Absolutely, less about yeah. some, some great tips content. there. And yeah, your you know your first vi fifty videos is going to be terrible. So you might as well get them done as soon as you can. You know, you just got to start on the journey, and you'll get better. And you know, at, at the beginning, it's more about quantity than quality. Don't worry about the quality. Don't worry about you know your background and the quality of your phone and you know, all that kind of stuff. Just get through the first 25, 50 videos. And after that, you'll improve every single time, just like with anything. So practice. Yeah. I say to Suzanne as well, uh, if, you were, if you were really, really keen to do like a little Instagram reel and you were absolutely terrified, you don't feel creative, go to my Instagram, copy one of mine and do it word for word. Like, that's the biggest form of flattery copy something that i've done and, and do it again uh and then let that see how you feel because i think there's so many different elements to like imposter syndrome telling you that you're not good enough and as well as putting yourself out on there on video you don't want to be worrying about like is this funny is this in the right Brilliant. place Excellent. like so lots of uh, lots of nuggets there in terms of video and uh, social media to grow your business. Let's um, let's move on a little bit and talk about your team. So I know you've gone from you know zero to what is it eight nine members of uh, of staff now. So talk to us a bit about that in terms of you know how how is your practice yeah. set up? How did you go about? I know you mentioned that most of your recruits came from uh, were organically from the stuff that you've been putting out. So how are you building your team? Team, what kind of structure have you got and when did you decide to bring on board additional members to your team so we can give some uh, some nuggets on on that particular front yeah yeah of course um this is something that like actually as a small practice owner i did lots of research on and as business partners we've always tried to work out like what's the sweet spot is there is there a number? Like, is it per so many clients or per so many pounds of fees? This is when you need the next person. And there's definitely numbers and metrics that you can use to help you, but they'll be different for every practice. And so if you are reading things and, and listening to things where people are talking about a number of clients, my top tip would be to never forget that the value of your clients is different for every business. And so if your niche, for example, is really high level consultancy work, you'll probably need a new member of staff for every five clients. Whereas somebody that focuses on really small sole traders, their fees are going to be way lower and they'll need 
a new member of staff probably for every 60 or 70 clients. And so be really careful when you are listening to other stuff that um, you understand the difference between number of clients and actually the volume of fees because that's really important and can go very wrong, I think, if you try and copy and paste somebody else's. So this time last year, yeah, we hired our uh, first ever employee. James and I, neither of us went to university. We both studied from apprentices all the way up. Uh, even the MBA I've just done was through the apprenticeship scheme as well. And so I'm a huge advocate for apprenticeships, for actually giving people the headspace and the well-being as an employer to grow and scale and like have that safe place to learn. Uh, and get better and, and grow with us. So every single person that we've taken on is either studying or is an apprentice. So we are very, very proud of that. Their well-being as well, I can't, I can't tell you enough that we pay 10% over the going rate that they would be able to get anywhere else. And we have a really, really key focus on well-being. So we do workations where we fly everybody to the south of France and just work there for a week because actually vitamin D is a thing uh, that accountants are quite good at not getting. Um, and we have an employee assistance program. So everybody has access to therapy and talking space if they need it, um, which is probably, you might feel like that's a year ahead of where you are now, but it's really important to have those things as part of your business plan and to actually incorporate them into your profit margins because clients care, clients care how you're treating your staff. And so when I have new client or prospect calls, it's really important that I tell them that because that's why I am priced a certain way is because I deliver a certain thing, not only to the client, but also to the team that I have around me. And so it's really important that you understand who you are as a potential client, but also that you understand who you are as an employer. And so employee well-being and supporting them has been a really huge part of our growth. So our general rule is that we've basically hired an accountant for every, I think, £70,000 worth of fees that we're taking on. Uh, obviously it is a very chicken and egg situation and they do this quite often which means the profit margins grow and contract uh, depending on whereabouts you are but for us that's been the really really sweet spot uh, again we've never paid for uh, recruitment and so it, I think that's actually part of social media that's quite often overlooked by other accountants like we have never paid for recruitment we have some of the best talent in the industry knocking our door down to come and be next on the lineup. So at any given time, we normally have our next three hires lined up in the pipeline, ready to hand in their notice. So watch out everybody that is not recruiting on social media because <laughs> uh, we'll be taking them. Um, but yes, I think the recruitment side of it is a really big, really big point. Like use your social media to be an advocate for the next generation of accountants, but also leverage that to never pay uh, recruitment fees because you want them to want to work for you. You shouldn't be going out and looking for them. And so that's a really, really cool aspect of it as well. I hope that answers your question. It's a very vague question, but if anyone has more specific yeah, questions, no, no, that's fantastic. Uh, please and do just um, ask in the comments. Yeah, pleasing to hear that uh, you know social media is having uh, a wider impact and benefit for you over and above just you know raising awareness and generating inquiries is actually working for you to to generate inquiries from talent out there which you know it, for for many accountants that is one of the big bugbears one of the big problems that uh, accountants have and challenges is to actually recruit good staff to actually you know hire good caliber talent and one way of doing that as you've uh, clearly demonstrated and proven is to you know get out there to kind of showcase what you're all about you know be vulnerable be show your kind of personality uh, show what it's like to work in your practice and share that kind of culture and your passion for well-being and you know who wouldn't want to work in an environment like that uh, where they get to go to the south of france to uh, to work 
amazing, amazing stuff. Fantastic. Okay, well, we've got a few minutes left, about uh, three or four minutes left. So if you've got any final questions, please put them to Rachel now or forever. Hold your breath. Um, so uh, let's um, let's move on to uh, kind of closing this conversation and talk to me about, about where do you see the next 12 months for Strive X? Juicy question. Okay, so we have no plans to slow down. Um, we have changed our business model slightly in terms of the doors being open 24-7 and anyone being able to book a meeting into we're now on a waiting list because we have such high demand. Um, we have about nearly like 100 people on the waiting list at any given time. And so we're now doing four intakes a quarter so that we can recruit and open the doors and close the doors really, really effectively. Um, that's been a huge change in the business and it was, a, it was a very scary decision to make. So when I first started, it was, oh my God, am I ever gonna get a client? And now it's, oh my God, I've got so many clients, I don't know what to do with it. And like, how do we do this in an effective way that to have the doors closed in January, I cannot tell you, it, it now means that when we open them again in February, we've got a list of people who understand the brand, people who want to work with us, people that are willing to wait for us and people but like on stressful January people. And so it's really, really cool to have got to a waiting list section and um, we collaborate hugely with other accountants. And so all of the DMs that I'm getting right now, so we, we normally get like 25 DMs a day of people looking to speak with us and looking to become a client. Um, and so we work with other accountants to give them the leads because if we can't match the person, I would really love to be able to pass that on to somebody that I trust because those perspectives trust me. And so we don't have plans to slow down, but we have uh, just sort of adopted a new business model of the waiting list structure. Uh, we have some very exciting news coming later in the year. So we have, uh, we're actually launching our third business. I have my personal brand, I have the uh, accountancy practice, and we're launching a new business. So keep your eyes peeled. Uh, follow me on all of the social media platforms if you'd like to be the first to know what that is. Um, but yeah, I think, it's a very interesting point to be in the business where you're you're you have to shift like scaling isn't profitable you know like it's hard and it's it can feel very very difficult and it can feel like you've got no idea what's going on and so now we've been scaling for a year our focus this year is actually how can we make sure that we are inducting our staff in the right way is every single member of staff delivering what we're selling that's really important too not only to scaling, but actually maintaining that level of scale. And so um, our business has, our, our business shift this year, really our plans for 2022 are to continue with growth, growth, but sort of have it more in control. And we are not reacting. We're being proactive with open the doors, close the doors, hire, stop hiring, open the doors, close the doors, hire, stop hiring. And so that feels great as a business owner to be in control of it and to be driving it rather than to feel like it's driving you. Uh, we have got our other business, which is launching. So keep your eyes peeled. Um, and yeah, I've just finished my um, master's degree. And so I've already got itchy feet. Fantastic. So watch That's the space. With, Amazing uh, to, to hear that. And, and I'm sure many have taken inspiration from what you've talked about. We'll take this final question. If you can uh, answer this one from Roz, which was what were the most difficult bits of a rapid growth yeah. that you've seen over the last year? Yeah, of course. Hi, Ross. It's lovely to meet you. Um, I, again, I feel like everybody says this. and I used to listen to people say it and be like, 
I'm a people person, that won't be my problem. It is hiring and people and you go from having this dream to like, my dream was always to build a business that I would like to work for. So James and I actually met at work. It's the only way accountants meet each other because uh, we don't have a social life, but we met at work and we met at a top 100 and it was toxic. It was really, really bad. And uh, I had this dream of becoming an employer that I would want to work for. And yeah, pe people, to go from just having that dream to within 12 months it happening and there being a team of like nine of you is terrifying and nobody teaches you how to do that bit like i've done the whole mba i've read all of the books and it's still hard um and that's because i guess as accountants we like a formula and there actually isn't a formula to having a great team and building a great culture but um i would definitely say that we are doing great things into like overcoming that and i would Feel like a lot of the questions have been kind of surrounding being an introvert um and that all feeds into leading a team getting out on social media um i definitely encourage you to check out my ted talks my ted talk was all about how to as an introvert grow a successful business because it's so hard and you have to protect yourself and your own well-being so much more delicately than people who love putting themselves out there um, so yeah, definitely staff and hiring has been really, really difficult, mainly because I'm a control freak and it's out of my control. Um, but yeah, that's definitely the hardest bit. Amazing. No, that's, uh, you, that's Robert, great. Thank you for so sharing that. And I hope if you've been listening today that you've got, uh, you've got some value out of today's session. Uh, great to hear your, um, your, you know, your vision for what the 12, uh, next 12 months will bring. And yeah, I love some of the ideas that you've shared uh, for other accountants in terms of, you know, how to grow and great to hear that you've got a waiting list, not just for new clients, but also for potential hires as well, which I think would be a dream for many accountants. So if, you, uh, if you're listening on replay, if you've got any questions, I'm sure if you just put them in the comments and tag Rachel, she will be more than happy to, to answer, I'm sure, with her generous nature as and when, uh, as when she gets around to it. But otherwise, thank you for attending today's session. I appreciate you taking the time out from busy January season, busy tax return season. Thank you so much, Rachel, for coming along today and sharing your your journey and your words of wisdom from the last 12 months where you have achieved exceptional growth and open pray that next 12 months is as good if not better than the last 12 months for you so thanks once again everybody um if there's any questions put them in the afterwards or for listen replay put them in the comments and we'll try and get to them but otherwise have a fantastic rest of the day fantastic january and i'll catch up with you again soon Wow, that was amazing, wasn't it? To hear of Rachel's story, such such gems that she was sharing in terms of exactly how she managed to get such amazing growth from nothing to 400 clients, a team of eight, a waiting list of clients wanting to work with her, a waiting list of top quality talent wanting to work with her, her, her sporadic, her um, uh, ubiquitous presence on social media and exactly what she does and how she does it. It was phenomenal. And the feedback, I'm sure that uh, uh, we shared at the beginning of this podcast that it was the best guest ever uh, is probably not far from the truth. So I hope you find that useful. If you did, please rate and review this podcast. It'd be much appreciated. And share your one big takeaway on whichever platform that you are posting on, whichever social media platform, be it LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Give us a tag and so we can share in the discussion. But otherwise, 
Hope you found that useful. If you're not already, come and join us in the Facebook group. And if you'd like to take one step further and get some help on uh, achieving your goals this year, helping you to uh, overcome your problems in your accounting firm, you may have plateaued, you may be struggling to win new clients, you may be struggling to hire the right talent, then come and join the Transform Your Profits mentoring community, which you can find out more about over on our website, resahooded.com. Otherwise, have a fabulous rest of the day. Great to spend time with you today, and I'll speak to you very soon. Take care. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. For more free content, videos, and resources, visit www.rezahuda.com. And if you haven't already, come and join the community in our Transform Your Profits Facebook group, where we support each other to build more successful, profitable, and impactful accounting firms.